Friends, you are listening to KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM, Orange County's alternative radio station, and quite possibly the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf, and that background music is, yes, the music of Howard Shore Academy Award-winning music from The Fellowship of the Ring, and of course we heard the love theme of Arwen and Aragorn and Iran. I am Tani Tanuviel, and this is What Would Arwen Do? We are on Tuesdays, usually 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific Time, here on KUCI Broadcasting from the University of California at Irvine, streaming live 24-7 around the whole wide world through KUCI.org and iTunes. And you can contact me at askanelf at yahoo.com. I would love to hear from you. I'm a little mm, mixed feelings today. I'm excited on the one hand, and when we elves are really good at doing this multitasking of emotions. Um, I'm very excited because I have a very special guest coming up in just a few minutes. Someone I met at an event, you, if you've listened to the show before, you know that I'm a great advocate and enthusiast for the Center for Living Peace and for For Mama Earth, uh, two organizations that are doing wonderful things on the planet to promote peace and relationship and community and fun. <laughs> and um, there was... I was actually at a workshop for making dream catchers with one of the um, one of my other young princesses, and there was a percussionist there, Larry Saltzman, and amazing, amazing. And at the time, I talked to him about the possibility of coming on, and it is finally coming true today. He is here in studio, so we'll get to talk to him in just a little bit. For the purpose of the podcast, I do want to say that this is the last show for What Would Arwen Do for the Spring. Hopefully, I will be back in this same time slot in the fall, around mid-September. But for the summer, I'm going to be away um, on a few elvish adventures. I'm taking the Quinya 101 course, so I'm going to really get my uh, Quinya, my elvish languages down, both in writing, speaking, and reading and working on some of my elvish affirmation art and my yoga for elves and hobbits. So hopefully we'll have some of that. We'll be going up on YouTube. So a lot of wonderful things going on for the summer, but and I want to get the blog going. I think I actually have a blog for What Would Arwen Do? And through 
Blogspot or something like that. So if you want to check it out through the summer, maybe do a little search for it. It might be up before then, but hoping to bring things uh, and bring the Elf a little more technologically up to speed by the fall. So in case you are tuning in for the very first time, you may be wondering what this show is all about. Well, I'm a big fan and enthusiast of Middle Earth and J.R.R. Tolkien. So this is the show where we ask if a Middle Earth elf lived today in Southern California, what might her life look like? How would she, as a modern elf, celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures? So when things in life come up, I like to ask, well, what would an elf do? Or what would Arwen do? And who was Arwen, you may be wondering. In J.R.R. Tolkien's mythology of Middle-earth, Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves and lord of Rivendell, a magical place of healing, lore, and wisdom, perhaps not unlike the community here at UC Irvine. Arwen embodied the archetype of a true princess of the light, a beloved daughter of the universe, as are all the women of this fair celestial home called Earth, or an elvish Arda. So I believe that Arwen uh, understood, as I do, the principle of noblesse oblige. With great privilege comes responsibility, and I feel very privileged to live here in beautiful, uh, sunny Southern California and to have the privilege of having a show here on KCI. We are all volunteers, and we have trainings if you are a... Uh, Student, faculty, or staff of UCI, we do a training every quarter, in case you ever wanted to get involved, with uh, College Radio and for community members. If you, uh, we do occasionally open our training to community members, and that usually happens during the summer. So the best thing would be to keep an eye on our website at KUCI.org, and for an announcement about the upcoming training, it usually is about two weeks into the uh, quarter. And if you are a community member and you have especially a very unique idea for a public affairs show, um, or even for a music show, we have lots of indie shows and hip-hop, so don't, if you're a community member, don't say you want to have one of those kind of shows. But if you have something unique, please send an email to training at KUCI.org, and perhaps uh, it will be one of the trainings that you might be able to attend. So, it's, And it's also a great way just to find out more about independent radio. So here at KUCI, we do not play any mainstream music because we believe there's a lot of great musicians and songwriters out there making great music that nobody gets to find out about. So we're all about promoting people that haven't made it big yet. Not that that's not a wonderful thing. We're really happy for all those uh, musicians and artists that are getting their music played over and over and over until we're sick of hearing it. <laughs> not necessarily that in that way, but um, but there are a lot of people out there making great music. So one of the people that's out there making great music is my guest today, Larry Saltzman. And uh, just before he comes on, I want to tell you a little bit about Larry He is a Southern California-based percussionist and composer. He's performed or recorded with some uh, of the West and East Coast's most respected jazz musicians. Some of these include Gina Saputo, Bill Watrous, Atmaro Ruiz, Bill Cunliffe, Nick Mancini, and Chieli. I I might not be saying that right. Chieli means Minuzzi. He's also a member of the classical Indian group 
Mahal Tarang, where he accompanies some of India's top musicians. Larry heads up his own looping bass group called Future Projects. As a composer, his music has been featured in hundreds of TV shows, documentaries, and such. Some of those include the Discovery Channel, Nova, ooh, that's very cool, the History Detectives, the Science Channel, as well as corporate entities such as the BBC Network, Red Bull, and Samsung. He is a sought-after educator and clinician. Larry's work has product endorsements with Minel Percussion, Aquarian Drum Heads, and Apogee Electronics. And just um, so you know, we're going to be talking about an event that's coming up this coming Sunday, June 16th. He is going to be doing a workshop right here across the street from UC Irvine in University Center at the Center for Living Peace at 4139 Campus. Uh, Campus and that's 92612, in case you want to Google it. For a very small donation, you can come and uh, hang out with Larry and have a lot of fun. The Center for Living Peace is an amazing place. And this is put on uh, by 4Mama Earth, who uh, is, Andrea is another one of those amazing, phenomenal women on the Earth. 4Mama Earth presents a monthly all-ages series at the Center for Living Peace, as well as fund events and concerts all over Southern California. So there will not be presenting a, a workshop on July and August, but they will be back in September. They're usually the third series, and you can find out more information about how to get involved with 4Mama Earth at their website, which is 4, the number 4, Mama, M-A-M-A, Earth, E-A-R-T-H, dot O-R-G. So let's get right into this. Larry. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Um, I am so excited because from the day that I was at your workshop, I was so amazed that all this music was filling the room, and yet there was only one musician there. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't understand how that could be happening. And it was all happening through you. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, you know, that's... Um uh, the, it's the advantage of technology. I mean, it's a, it's a frequently asked question that doesn't just happen, like, with your experience, but in general. Um, but what I was doing that day and what I will be doing on Sunday, um, and I do with my own group, is, is I loop. I have a looping system. Mm-hmm. And for people that don't know what that is, it's, um, it's, it's like a small recording system that whatever you play or say into it, it spits right back out. Even if you make a mistake or you speed up or slow down, it's very unforgiving. It, it doesn't have any uh, musical education at all. So, <laughs> um, you know, looping is uh, it's it's a popular thing, but it's also uh, a, uh, a it's it's very good feedback as far as how good a musician's time is or isn't. Mm. Um, so, you know, you. You have to be careful because there's been situations where I've played shows and, um, you know, I go to loop a particular instrument and someone's cell phone rings. Oh. <laughs> and then the looper picks that up and then it's in the, it's in the loop. Luckily, I can erase it. Yeah. Um, but it happens, you know, and, mm. and that's, the, that's the sensitivity of, of looping. But um, what, you know, what the looper does is, is it allows me to basically uh, build up from scratch anything I want. And I just layer different instruments on top of one another. Um, and then I have 
I have my go-to instruments that I that I loop, and I have instruments that I rarely ever, uh, you know, record into the loop. I I actually use them as like more solo mm-hmm. instruments. Um, but uh, you know, for people that are listening that know what, what looping is, um, there's there are so many different types of players out there that use technology, mm-hmm. you know, to their advantage, and and this is. For me, um, because it's it's really tough for me to find musicians in the area that can play the instruments right. that I use. Right. Um, and so one day I just kind of decided I'm just going to buy the looper and I'm going to start using it. And uh, it's you know it's it's really enjoyable. I mean, when you get that really like near perfect loop that you can just build off of, like. 98% of the pressure is, is gone. Yes. And that that's for me, that's like the big one. I need that really, really good loop right off the bat. And that's such an amazing thing to me, what we can do nowadays with technology. And when I was there at the Center for Living Peace and experienced your music that day, I could hardly keep my attention really on what we were, the little craft thing we were working on because I was so fascinated by this mil- music that you were building. And the only other time I'd ever actually even heard of that was um, a couple of summers ago I was at a Renaissance fair and there was a Celtic fusion band there, um, Brother Music, and they um, they play, you know, Celtic music guitar and the bagpipes and the drums and the didgeridoo. And there was just the two of them there. Their drummer couldn't come with them. So they actually... One of the guys is a drummer, so he did this drumming thing that set up a loop, and then they added in the bagpipes and the guitar, and, and it was like, whoa, that's really interesting, because they had this whole drum thing going on, but the drummer, there was no drummer there. There's no dr- yeah. And they were able to do all the other instruments, uh, you know, on top of that. So, well, Yeah, that was their backup system, you know, that's, that, and you, sometimes you have to resort to those things. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 even though it's really, you know, uh, a, a useful and practical tool there are certain downfalls with it yeah. and and the more the more experience you have uh using one the more you know the more you learn you you almost have to get on stage with one to really and, and you have to make some mistakes before <laughs> you really are comfortable because there's certain instruments it's almost like playing another instrument right it, it, in a way it is it, it, yeah i mean it's it's you know like i said a minute ago the, the looper doesn't know anything it doesn't know uh-huh. right from wrong. I mean, you could literally just tap on the desk and and it'll just spit it right back back out at you, um, whether it's in tempo or not. But um, one thing that I'm not, I, I don't really like to lo- do outdoor shows. Hmm. There's too much surface noise. Ah, yes. And it could you know, be a plane going anything, overhead. You know, the wind blowing, you know. And All those things that we naturally tune out. Yeah, and yeah. then when, and then, you know when the loop's running and you listen to through your monitor, it's like well. Someone, I, I can hear someone's door closing, you know, a, a hundred <laughs> feet away or whatever. But um, there, there are certain instruments that I have to be really careful of uh, when I record them, and that goes for uh, in uh, recording work in general. Um, but for looping, because I only have one microphone, mm. um, and I don't like to bend down a lot to the looper to make adjustments as far as how much mic gain I've, I'm using. Mm-hmm. I just have learned through trial and error, how far away to play certain instruments. So the, um, so you can use the loop to, you know, so that you can do the music for a whole event, um, such as the one that I was at um, a couple of months ago. 
Um, tell me a little bit about your music, though, because that's just one that's just one aspect of what you do. And also, don't you have some things uh, that are on online or something that? Um, and you mentioned something that sometimes people think that you use looping then, and you're really not. Yeah, that that that's been going on for a while now. The 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 big separation between my live shows, my looping shows. Mm-hmm. And the recordings that I do, which are my own personal recordings, which I use for licensing, mm-hmm. um, I don't use any loops for my personal recordings at all. So you play each instrument and Absolutely. then just lay it down? Everything is played from, from beginning to end by me. I don't have a fancy recording system. I don't, I don't lean on any type of technology, really, to, if there's a mistake that I can fix it. I just redo it until it's right. And, and uh, so... There are numerous videos of me on YouTube that I have my own my own channel, and there's um, Minor Percussion promotes a lot of my videos. Um, so, what in case somebody wants to hear to check out one of those, mm-hmm. what would they look for? Um, if they want to see um, if they want to see just a, a different amount of things, I guess mm-hmm. online, what they could do is just go to YouTube.com. Uh, in the search engine, they could just type my name in. Just type in Larry Salzman, or the link to the YouTube channel is youtube.com slash LT Salzman, S-A-L-Z-M-A-N. Okay, LT Salzman. Yeah, and I have about, I have a hundred or so videos up there that I've been putting up. I take them down now and then, put new ones up, but that's the, there has been a lot of emails from, from people around the world that don't realize that what they are seeing on the video more majority of my videos on youtube are uh of my recordings they're not looping videos yeah the looping videos that are on there there's just a few um but that's the big the big like frequently asked question is like how did you loop this one thing (laughs) and then all of a sudden you change time signature which i can explain in a minute I don't know what looper on planet Earth can do that. And then I, mm. you know, this is usually coming over email. I said, well, I don't, the video you're watching is not any looping. Um, and, but, you know, YouTube is a weird thing because you get a, just this huge, uh, there's, there's such a large viewership on there from all over the world. Right. And, um, you know, a lot of people, uh, they make, um, you know, knee-jerk reactions when they see something. And um, it's funny because I recently got an email from somebody uh, about one of my videos, and he said, um, uh, you know, you sped up your footage to make it look like you've been playing faster, like mm. you're playing faster. Mm-hmm. And I, it was hilarious that someone would, you know, I don't even have the technology to do that, and I would never do that in the first place. Um, but, and, and, and those types of questions come up because... You know, maybe there are people that do that sort of thing, you know, mm. but uh, my music, the music I record, uh, and th- this is this is the non-looping stuff. Uh-huh. Um, uh, it's very complex, a lot of it. Mm. And within a minute and a half or two minutes, um, I change what's called time signature mm-hmm. quite often, depending upon what I'm doing. Mm. Um and I just did 30 tracks for a library that uh, that wanted very traditional Turkish 
uh, Algerian, Moroccan types of percussion pieces. And oh. they go from 10-8, they go to, into 7, they go to 6. And these are all the different mathematics that um, uh, musicians, you know, I don't want to say drool over. <laughs> they uh, get excited over things. Yeah. So, um, like but I get excited over Quenya, they get excited over time signatures. Time signatures, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the thing is, the, the bottom line is, with with the multi, you know, with a piece of music that changes time signature constantly, there really isn't a looper on planet Earth that you can do Could that do with. That. Mm-hmm. You know, at least I don't know of one. Yeah. Um, so that right there is kind of a dead giveaway. Um, but uh, as complex as some of the things I do are, um, I also have some really simple things that I do, because I play so many different styles now. So, do we have some examples we can share with our audience? Yeah, yeah. I, I, and bef- before we get it, I just want to say I forgot to say hello to anyone who may be uh, listening. Uh, shout out to anybody that may be listening here uh, through the internet, through our website at KUCI.org. And you can also catch us through iTunes, and we'll be up on podcast. This show will be up on podcast with Larry. And Larry, did you want to say... Give a shout-out to anybody? Um, I'll do it later. Okay. Um, and just in case you're just tuning in, this is KUCI in Irvine. I am Tani Genuville. This is What Would Arwen Do? And my guest is Larry Saltzman, a local composer and percussionist. And so, Larry, do you want to tell us a little bit about this, uh, about the first track we're going to play yeah uh the first one is uh it's it's a, a licensing a piece of licensing music that i've uh had for a while and it's um it's a slower um you know hard to say what category world music piece i guess would be okay. that, that's a pretty broad term nowadays but uh it's in six eight um and typical with my music it's a lot of layers um how many instruments uh, it could be, they're all, you know, up to eight. Oh, wow. And I play flute now. Um, and uh, that, I, I kind of have this, like, way that I do things where I start out with one or two instruments, and then I just pile things on top. Um, and this is a pretty good example of that. Um, and this, like most of my tracks, um, if I'm using a traditional rhythm from another country, mm-hmm. Um, I usually name the track after a city in that country. Oh, so what's the name of this one? Fada, F-A-D-A. And is that a city? Mm Mm-hmm. In? Morocco. Morocco, Mm -hmm. okay. Let's hear it. You know what I couldn't help but think about when I was listening to that? Are you familiar with the Silmarillion of the Lord? This is like Not the prehistory that. of the Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. So it's the history of how the world was made and the elves and everything. Anyway, one of the, uh, the Valar, the angelic powers, uh, before the elves awoke, would come on his horse, Nahar, 
and he had a valeroma, big horn that he would, and it would scare away the shadows of darkness and shadow, and he would, you know, fly through the air across Middle Earth and through the forests. He was, and it was like I had this picture with your music of him, you know, running through the forest. That was like so cool. I love this kind of music that evokes images. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. it just takes you mm-hmm. places. Philip Glass's music does that to me. You know, I can listen to it, and all of a sudden I'll just start seeing things being created it's amazing mm-hmm. that so what was kind of the inspiration for that oh just was it just something you just kind of start doing it and i'm just, really it's really weird with me because um i you know i can literally go a week with doing zilch as far as recording is concerned um and since i do everything out of my house you know it's not like i have to book time or any anything <laughs> um at a recording studio, so, uh, and the weirdest things trigger me, you know, I mean, literally be watching, um, you know, I watch a lot of documentaries, like travel, travel documentaries and things like that, and, um, you know, I may see something, you know, let's say, I'm just throwing ideas, but like a, a, um, a documentary on Morocco or Algeria or whatever, and, and there's a, a, a 30 second clip of street musicians playing, and, that might do it, you know. I may just go, mm, okay. Well, that's I like the sound of that. And then I, you know, then I go try and base something kind of off of that, and it usually ends up not sounding anything like that. Right. But that's okay because I still got some mileage out of it somehow. Yeah. Um. And uh, so yeah, I mean that's a perfect that tracks a perfect example of how I take advantage of empty spaces could you hear a lot of the plops and yeah, the clinks and the clicks i know it's amazing and that's just you know sitting there listening going you know i need to do this or that in in this spot but um but you have to record each of those instruments separately and mm-hmm. then put them all together right well yeah i mean the the the, the, the initial track the first track is the very first drum that starts and that runs throughout, you know, and yeah. that's that's the platform I work off of. And then I try different ideas, and sometimes they're absolutely terrible. <laughs> I mean, they just don't they just don't work at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I just try other things. You know, just different, uh, different. You know, like perfect example is like a tambourine that's not the right pitch mm-hmm. or it doesn't jingle right. Oh. Um, if it's too dry or etc., uh, that can be the the deal breaker it could it it could just not be the right tambourine but then when i go get a tambourine that i think will work and i re- i do the pass and i listen to it and it's like oh it's perfect it's exactly what i was looking for um but i you know i'm like my worst my own worst enemy because it's i it's got to be near like near perfect um and i don't go crazy with mixing and i don't rely on any type of assistance like you know, I don't use rack mounts of gear to enhance the instruments. What I like is just the, that. I just want the purest sound of the instrument I can get. Mm. You know, when you tap the drum and you hear it with your naked ear, I, that's really what I want the the ultimate or the final product to sound like. Um, and, uh, you know, the flute in there, if you, did, if you, if you heard the track without the flute, it's completely different. Hmm. So, th- like, this was just um, about just under two minutes long. Uh-huh. 
um, if you were going to do something with it, what would you do? Would you would you build it longer? I mean, well, or for it's finished. That's okay. That's what 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 do you do with two minute pieces of music? Um, I, 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 I'm just curious. Yeah, that's a long one. Oh really? Yeah. Well, it, for me it is. Yeah. Well, I license everything. I I send out I send out dozens and dozens of tracks to who? Uh, libraries, companies that um, are what, the way it works with licensing is to kind of explain it quickly. It's like it's it's like renting music. Oh. Um, and we'll say you're a music supervisor for Discovery Channel, uh-huh. and you need to find a piece of music that fits a particular scene in a oh, documentary. Oh, so it does. It would be pretty short. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And so they may only need 30 seconds. You know, they may oh. need 20 seconds. And so what I do with my and there's a library of these. Pieces oh, of yeah. music. There's wow. like, yeah, I music? never even knew that. Oh yeah. Well, it's 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 expensive to buy them. I mean, they're not. It's not oh, like yeah. iTunes. I don't have. I don't sell my music on iTunes, and I don't have CDs yeah. for sale. Um, I just no, but it's like in photography where the people ha- there's like libraries of all these exactly. images. Yeah, exactly. But this is like musical images. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's wow. all it is. So it's uh, you know, and it's a rewarding thing when you um, when you when something sells or something gets placed somewhere and you sit there and go, you know, I recorded that thing in my house <laughs> and I didn't have to hire anybody and right. I didn't have to rely on anybody. I did everything myself and um, and I work with, there's four libraries that I work with um, and it's an, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing because you... How do you even, how did you even get into that? That is such an interesting thing because like when I read in your bio that you, you know, that you've had your... Um, music featured on like the Discovery Channel, Channel and Nova, and I'm thinking, how does a musician? Because generally musicians are artistic, creative types. You know, they're not necessarily out there. But I'm like, how is he doing the interface to get his music on like a Discovery Channel? Well, and so okay. this would be they actually come looking for the music. Yeah, oh, yeah. In a lot of, well, they're you know. looking. They're look. I mean, they need a lot of music. Yeah, so they're it's going. not like you out going out there like say some singer songwriters would have to go out and you know to the record companies and say you know I want you to do my oh, music. No, no, no. They're actually looking for things yeah. for their yeah, documentaries it, and right. things like that. So, so that's totally really amazing. Yeah, it's that's a totally very different cool, side of of. And in music. some ways, though, you just get to do your craft and do it well, and then people want it. And you don't have to rely on bad, you know, ridiculous haircuts and <laughs> dance moves and things like that to get, you know. Yeah. And, but um, I'll tell you the, 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 the background of the music licensing or music licensing experience was um, I had played a piece of music for a musician friend of mine named Curtis Mathewson. He's, he's, uh, he's a multi-instrumentalist. I work with him in different musical situations. Anyway, I played a piece of music for him, and he says... You should be licensing this stuff. And I'm like, well, what is that? <laughs> and so, of course, I went home and I researched it and read things and learned a little bit about it. This is years ago. Um, and uh, he suggested a particular licensing company, and I sent them one piece of music. And in about 20 hours, they wrote back, and they were impressed. And it, that's how it all started. And now, wow. I'm, now I'm with four libraries, and I have in, you know, out there available for licensing i've got i don't know how many tracks hundreds that's so cool it's like it's like bilbo 
saying, you know, it's dangerous business setting your foot out your door because you never know where the road will take you. I mean, you just threw one little thing out there and next thing you know, you're off on a whole different adventure with your music and your craft. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. That's yeah. very cool. So can we, do we have another one we can listen to? Sure, yeah. This, uh, this next one is, uh, this, I didn't, I didn't bring any of the really um, uh, super intricate uh, tracks but I did bring one. This next one, um, for the musicians that are listening that are into um, time, change, time signature changes, things like that, this one starts in 10, 10, 8, and it goes to 6. But this is an example of the music I make where I um, kind of cross-pollinate different styles. Mm. Um, and it starts out in more of an... Ar- it's, it's, it's an Armenian type of feel or type of tempo and rhythm um, and then it breaks into a West African 6-8 time signature cha- change and then goes back to 10 and it was a tough track I mean to, to, to you know I people that that listen to my music uh, that I play it for or, or they have seen my videos etc they ask me about things like that and they ask well how hard to do that is it you know to record in one time signature and then like you know like turning a corner you are into another one and it's it, the best way I explain to people sometimes. It's like, well, it, it it depends. It depends how you navigate yourself into it. If you break, stop the music, or you have a segue that's out of tempo, maybe or whatever, and then you start a new time signature. It's simple to do. But if you go from one time signature to the next without skipping a beat or you know whatever, and then going back, it's tough. It is really tough. And um, this is the new direction I've been going in lately. Um, I've gotten some interest out of these tracks, and so uh, this is one of, I think, 30 I've done in the last month or so. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I just did a bunch of them, and now I'm kind of like, you know, <laughs> I'm taking a break from recording, and but I don't, doesn't mean I'm stopping, right. you know, I practice religiously mm-hmm. every day, um, but yeah, this is a good example of tune time signatures. And no stop between the two. And the name of this is? Uh, H-A-S-S-A, Hassa. Hassa. Yeah. And this is Larry Salzman on KUCI's What Would Arwen Do? I love that kind of music, that kind of world music. I love to do um, consciousness dances. I don't know if you've ever been to any of those where you, people just kind of get together and you dance. And um, it's a, we use a lot of like world music. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the tracks, though, are a bit long. And so it's kind of nice because you just kind of feel what the movements are and you dance along to that and then you transition to something else. But some... Some songs are like, you know, after six minutes, it's kind of, you know, yep. and, but this is so, it's like, I just want to get up and start dancing. <laughs> well, yeah, I get to the point pretty quick in the, in the tracks, I mean. That is, 
And it's uh, it's interesting that little. I mean, I don't. I'm not a musician, so I don't know that much about time signatures. But I could tell there was a little shift. Mm-hmm. There was a little shift. It's like oh, and then there was that little shift. It's like whoa, yeah. that's. So is that where the time signature yeah, yeah. thing was probably yeah. happening? Yeah, you know, time signature is an interesting thing. It's it's um, uh, you know, a specific amount of pulses within a measure. Like eight is what the were common. You know, what's very common here in the United States. If you turn on the radio, you know. Uh, other radio stations, uh, 98% of the music on there is in what's called 4-4 time. Um, rock music, you know. It, um, but when you lop off one of those pulses, or you add one, you're moving into a different type of framework. So if I play in 4-4, which is, let's just say, I'll, you know, 1, 2, 3, 4, that's really, uh, that's comfortable for, for people and they can relate to that because they hear it all the time. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you add it, if I add another pulse, which is on five, like one, two, three, four, five, one, then that's an odd meter. That's five common pulses within the measure. But in between those pulses, you can play a majority of different rhythms. Mm. Okay, um, so you're wor- you're working off the framework of um, a specific amount of numbers or rhythms, pulses, accent patterns, things like that. Um, and there are, you know, like nine, for example, is a pretty, for most people, it's a pretty strange time signature. My guest today is Larry Saltzman, who is doing an event this coming Sunday, June 16th, right across the street here from UCI at the Center for Living Peace in University Center from 1 to 3 Sunday afternoon, very minimal donation and a lot of fun. I've been to an event uh, with him and at that location, and it's amazing. I will be there. I would love to see you if you want to come over and uh, get your soul infused with some amazing music. For more information, you can visit um, the website for... uh, the Center for Living Peace, uh, which is goodhappens.org. Uh, also, in, if you would like to get involved with future events, you can visit for Mama Earth. That's the number four, mamaearth.org. And this coming Sunday, it's going to be the Art of Rhythm. So, Larry, this coming Sunday, you're going to be playing music and sharing things. And, you know, people might even get involved, right? Mm, they, Just if, never if, know. It. If they want. I'm, you know, I'm not going to put anybody on the spot. But you're gonna. It's, I'm gonna read a little bit here from the first. It says that you're gonna show us how you compose pieces of music from scratch, uh, by using looping techniques, by using pedals, microphones, and even an iPhone. That's kind of interesting. Uh, learn about instruments from all over the world. I remember when I was at the last event that you were at, I was just amazed at all the <laughs> instruments that were all around you, and I just kept marveling. It's like all these instruments, all this music. There's just one man here. And uh, so that it was, I just loved it. And I think we even had a little time there where some of us got up and did a little dancing uh, during that workshop. That was really cool. So that's this coming Sunday, June the 6th at the Center for Living Peace. Larry, do you have contact information for yourself if people wanted to contact you about doing an event or do you do events or things like that? It's, um, uh, you know, I ask questions before I agree, agree to anything. Um, you know, like for this, for this event on Sunday, um, because I can't bring my recording system, now I have to rely on the looper, um, but, uh, 
Yeah, it's uh, if people want to get a hold of me, the, the my email address is probably the quickest uh, okay. way to do that. And what that is? It's ltsalzman at gmail.com. And that's S-A-L-Z-M-A-N-L-T as in Tom, L-T-Salzman, S-A-L-Z-M-A-N at gmail.com. Gmail.com. And... Um, so just, what's a little bit of, Four Mama Earth is amazing. Andrea's mm. amazing. How did you two kind of hook up, uh, because you've done a couple of, uh, of events um, with Four Mom Earth now, who uh, their, their organization is amazing, you know, really helping to promote world peace, and they do a lot of work with uh, urban gardening mm-hmm. and uh, art and children. And yep. <laughs> so. Um, well, the way I met her was I I was doing an event for another organization. I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but anyway, she was there. Was it the Ecology Center? No. Oh, okay. No. Uh, I don't remember the name. But okay. She saw me. She came up and talked to me. We you know, exchanged phone numbers, email addresses, etc. And at the time, uh, she was uh, teaching yoga classes. Right. That's how I met Andrea. We both taught over at Soul at Home. Okay. I don't know if she's still teaching over there. She's She's got... A, you know, growing family and growing business and all that kind of thing going on right now. She's probably listening right now. Uh, I hope she is. If you are, yeah. Andrea, hello. Thank you for being on the planet, you amazing woman. <laughs> <laughs> but she invited me to play one of her yoga classes. Oh. And I have... Over I had, at Soul at Home? No, it was at um, Yoga Works. Oh, Yoga Works. Okay. And uh, I said, yeah. And she asked if I've ever done that before. And I said, yeah, I've done a lot of yoga classes. And there's several teachers in the, in the area that I work with where I accompany them with live music. Oh. And so I went out and did her class. I think it was an hour and 20 minutes or something like that. And we just stayed in touch, you know. And, and that's how it ultimately led to uh, the Mama Earth events and um, the event on Sunday. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I'm so glad that she uh, came up to you and made contact with you because uh, now we get to all go and be in your presence and in the presence of your amazing music. So it's all very cool. Um, We have a little more music. I'm sure, you know, the listeners, this is a, this is a, primarily a music station so i know i'm loving listening to this music i do want to say for the purposes of the broadcast of the podcast i'm uh probably going to have to edit out all of it about 20 seconds of if, if can i leave in like 20 seconds of each of the tracks sure. technically for podcasts we're not but you can always find more of you said larry there's several uh videos up on youtube mm-hmm. under lt salzman um and of course, they can contact you. And mm-hmm. um, so, what is this next track? Uh, Tell me a little bit about it. This one is uh, th- this. This one I, I'm I'm playing thumb pianos on. Thumb pianos. Thumb pianos. Yeah. Are those like a little thing? And yeah. I I got one of those one time up at Idlewild. And mm. I could entertain myself for quite a while. It's got, mm. it's just got little, makes like five different notes or something. Yeah, they're all, there's different versions. Yeah, you know, and you it has a little hole there, mm-hmm. and you just play them with your thumbs. Yeah. Oh, those are called thumb pianos? Thumb I didn't piano, even know what it was called. Kalimba, oh. Imbira, there's several names. It's typically a Western. Are they all small, though? Or no, do- they're different sizes. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. It's, a, it's an African instrument, it's, oh. uh, ultimately. Um, but th- that's one of my, like, go-to instruments that I use, because I, ha- I have, like, five or six of them. Um... And this is more of a hybrid track right here. This does, I don't think this, this doesn't lean in any type of 
you know, West African or North African direction, really. Um, but uh, it's it's got a lot going on. It 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 at at the end, the last thirty seconds, it's there's okay. a lot of lot of percussion on this. And then what's this one called? Ginger. Okay. Ginger. pianos i you know i thought i thought those were like um i was like bowls or something you know how you hit crystal i had no idea that that's what a recording a thumb piano sounds so wonderful it's so funny it sounds so much bigger recorded than it does when i'm just sitting there plucking it for some reason well there, i had there's on that track i was had i had some delay on the on the on the uh, instrument but it's beautiful yeah it's uh you i mean you can get a ton of mileage out of those instruments there toward the end was there kind of a little like fluty thing like there's a a small synth pad behind everything ah just ups the not necessarily the energy of it but the mood of it a little bit and i i do that I, i don't do as much as i used to but sometimes i just mix in a little little atmospheric ambient sound so um just for the those of you who are listening this is KUCI in Irvine I'm sorry I'm all caught up in a little dream here uh with all this wonderful music this is what would Arwen do and we are here this uh we're going to be going to part two at the five o'clock hour of this so if you're listening on podcast I hope you will listen to the second half and um also just to let you know that this is our my last show for the summer i will be back in the fall so please uh, look for me then and larry before we are finished with this hour though i want to let our listeners know about because you have some other another event coming up um r- just in a, about two weeks right mm-hmm. yeah 
Oh, yeah. oh no, see, The Art of Rhythm is this Sunday, June 16th. And then what's the other one? Um, on the 28th. Yeah, that's at um, Steamer's Jazz Cafe in Fullerton. Okay. And that is nothing like what we just listened to. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's with a vocalist named Gina Saputo. Mm-hmm. I've been in Gina's band for almost four years now. Um, and, uh, you know, Gina brings in the, the top, you know, the cream of the crop players for her band. Um, and uh, it's it's a mixture of things. It's, a, you know, it's a traditional jazz group. Um, it, we do some Brazilian music. We do some contemporary music, but um, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of open-ended. There's not like, you know, this rule book per se that we have to abide by. Um, it's, 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 Gina's band is the kind of band that if you heard the band five nights in a row and we played the same exact set, it would not be the same exact experience <laughs> musically. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, I've, I've been with her for, you know, for quite a while. Um, and uh, Do you play specific instruments yeah, in that Yeah, I in play Brazilian band? instruments mainly. Oh, okay. Yeah, I play, I play some Afro-Cuban instruments. Um, but mostly the percussion mm-hmm. aspect? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, bring, I bring a majority of things. And so this is, uh, for information, the, is the website steamerscafe.com? Mm-hmm. Okay, steamerscafe.com. And with Gina Saputo, that's uh, Friday. That's going to be on Friday. So it'll mm-hmm. be actually a week from, maybe two weeks from this Friday. Wait a minute, what's today? Yeah, because that'll be the 14th. Mm-hmm. Two weeks from this Friday at 8 p.m. And that's up in Fullerton. Oh, I may have to get a road trip going for that one. <laughs> Anything more than three miles away is a road trip. Uh-huh. <laughs> Anytime you have to go on the freeway, it's a road trip. Right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty amazing. So um, we just have a few more minutes in this hour. When we come back in the second part of this show, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about, because this, what we've heard so far has been mostly world, and but now you're going to be playing jazz. So kind of talk about your musical background mm-hmm. and some of the different things that you do. Um, before we go, do we have another track we want to cover this? Because we have about five minutes, or do we want to? Oh, yeah, let's do one. This is yeah. a short one, too. Okay, so what's this one? Uh, this one is, uh, this is me playing hammer dulcimer. Oh, one of my favorite instruments in the whole wide world. <laughs> if, I could, if I could take lessons, the two things that I would l- want to learn is um, the folk harp and the hammer dulcimer. <gasps> and one drums. Well, but, don't, don't study with me. Okay. I'm, you know, I make Do you teach? No. Oh, okay. Not that instrument. Oh. No, I do not. I can, you know, it, it's, uh, with, ins- with, with the hammer dulcimer, um, uh, I'm careful, you know. I don't take any big chances on it because I'm not that good at it. Um, but uh, this track mm-hmm. um, is, it's, it's prominent throughout the whole thing. And this is actually in seven. Oh. So the cycle is seven beats. It's not eight or five or four or three, anything like that. Um, but interesting thing in this track is there is a section at the midpoint where I play in four over seven. So it's multi, multi, multiple time signature at the same time. And ah. things sound like they're getting backwards for a second and then they line up again and then they get backwards. Ah. Um, and so people that are into the details of rhythm like I am, they'll pick up on that. But um, yeah, this is all hammer dulcimer and other percussion on this. Awesome. And the name of this is? Liberty. Liberty on KCI in Irvine.
can have the CD. <gasps> I can? Oh, yeah. my God. That's don't so... duplicate it. No, I won't. I won't. But I'll listen, <laughs> and I'll dance around my house. Maybe I'll bring the dolls tomorrow on Sunday. <gasps> that would be so amazing. Okay, now I'm definitely for absolutely sure going no matter what happens. Even if I, no matter what happens, I'm going, okay, oh, that's so exciting. That is this coming Sunday, in case you are listening. It's going to be right across the street from UC Irvine. Those of you who are still hanging around, those students and staff and faculty, school will be out. You can breathe. You can dance. You can come and get some music and get your soul rejuvenated. Right across the street from UC Irvine, uh, Larry Saltzman, who has been my guest today here on What Would Arwen Do? We are going to be back in just a few minutes with part two of this program, so we'll have a little more time today with Larry. So this is going to wrap up this hour of What Would Arwen Do? The last show for the spring. I will be back in the fall, hopefully, all things um, hopefully going according to plan, hopefully even in this time slot. So we will have a new quarter of programming coming up for the summer. So next week starts our new programs. There are some shows that will be gone for the summer, some shows that will be gone because the students have graduated. So every quarter we have a little different programming. But uh, if you don't find a show that you usually like, Look around on the schedule because maybe it got moved to another time slot for the summer or something like that. Please check out our website at KUCI.org. We are all about uh, independent radio and serving the musical community, those musicians, artists, songwriters that you may not know about. We don't play mainstream music here, not because we don't like it, but because there's so much more out there that you haven't discovered yet. So I am Tani Genuviel. A little reminder that the views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the Elf host and her guest and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of KUCI, UCI, or the UC Board of Regents. So with that, I think I'm going to just play a little more of that last track, Liberty. Uh, Elves are all about the free people of Middle Earth, and we will be back in just a few moments with more of What Would Arwen Do? This is KUCI in Irvine. If you'd like to contact me, I would love to hear from you. Ask an elf at yahoo.com. If you'd like to contact Larry about his music or uh, perhaps being at an event, you can contact him at ltsalzman, S-A-L-Z-M-A-N, at gmail.com This is KUCI in Irvine the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth <laughs>